Well, very good to see you all. Really good to be with you. If uh, you had tuned in last week, or uh, you would have heard Nate uh, minister out of Nehemiah. Nate shared just a wonderful story of how God gathered people to rebuild a wall. And, you know, when we looked at uh, the book in Nehemiah, he highlighted the importance of community and the importance of us getting involved and taking our place. And, you know, I left the service last week just pondering and considering what God did with Nehemiah, because all of what transpired when they rebuilt the walls started with one man and his conviction. It says with Nehemiah that when he heard that the walls of Jerusalem were still in ruins and in rubble, it says that he went home and he went before the Lord and he wept and he cried out and uh, he just sat before God and had a burden for the community and for God's people and for what God wanted to do with that community. And from there, Nehemiah ultimately formulates this plan and they go and he gathers the people and they had rebuilt the wall. And it was just amazing the influence that this leader had, Nehemiah. And if you go on and read in the book, you see that Nehemiah was a good leader. He was a just leader. He loved God and he loved the people. And for me, it just reminded me of the importance of leadership It reminded me that God is looking for leaders. God is looking for men and women that will stand up and will say, I will go. God, use me. He's looking for leaders. And you know, we know that leadership, it's not about a title. Leadership is a function. That means that it's not about recognition, but rather leadership is about mobilization. You see, God uses leaders to gather people together to mobilize them, and to direct God's people. Leaders are important. Leaders are actually vital in our lives. We need them. Without leadership, we've heard it said that you're like, we can be like a ship without a rudder. Now, unless you've experienced that, you might not not quite understand it or appreciate it fully. So let me enlighten you a little bit. Uh, A long time ago, uh, I was a commercial fisherman and I was up the north arm of the Fraser River. We were taking our boat in because there was issues with the rudder and they just fixed it. And we were leaving the shipyard and we're cruising through this narrow little channel and we had some pretty good speed and all of a sudden, the captain yells, I have no steering. The hydraulic line had blown and we could not control the rudder and we had momentum. And it went from this really smooth, easy boat ride through this narrow channel to a very scary, concerning uh, issue because it was now dangerous. It went from, hey, we're doing just fine to, oh my goodness, we're in trouble. And thankfully, there was a barge just on the side, just before the rocks on the side of the um, the river there, there was a barge and I had to jump off of the boat with about a three foot gap onto a barge and quickly tie off our boat so that we didn't get ourselves stuck up on the rocks. And it just, it reminded me and emphasized really how important that rudder is and how important leadership is in our lives. So I can say that I can attest to that firsthand. And if we want to move forward into the things of God in our lives, we're going to need direction. We need leadership. And without that role, I would say that we cannot accomplish all of what God has for us individually and all of what he has for us corporately. Leadership is a good thing. Leadership is a good thing, and we need leadership in our lives. And I know I can go on here with leadership, and I want to keep moving, but to the point here is that leadership is important, and God is looking 
for men and women to lead. And you know, every one of us is called to leadership in one form or another. Every one of us. Maybe you're a leader in your workplace. Maybe you're a leader in your home, in your family. Perhaps you're, so you even serve in a leadership position or in, in that capacity in the life of a church, in Oceanside even. But we all lead at least ourselves. We all lead at least ourselves. So leadership is something that is important to every one of us and we all have a role to play. We all lead. And I want to say to you this morning that maybe you don't know some of my story, but I would tell you right now that I would not be here if it wasn't for this man and his leadership in my life. When I was 19, I came to this church and I was a hooligan. I was a mess. (laughs) I was a problematic teenager at 19. And Mike, before the church, was preaching on the significance and the importance of leadership and how we're all called to lead. And you know, it got me to sit up in my chair and go, I can lead? God can use me in some capacity? And I wasn't pushing for any title or anything, but there was an inspiration that came because I witnessed a leader talking about the importance of leadership, modeling leadership. And I said, you know, God, I want some of that. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for leadership in my life. Leadership is important. And I want to honor this man, Mike, because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him and his family. But leadership is important for us. So the title of my sermon today is Living Like a Leader. It's living like a leader. And I want to look at a scripture. I want to look uh, at Paul writing to Timothy. Now, this is not uh, an exhaustive list of what it looks like to live like a leader, But let me tell you, this is a very helpful passage for us. Timothy was a young leader. Timothy was in his early 20s and he was leading a significant church at the time. Paul wrote him two letters we see in Timothy and he loved this young man. In his writings, he refers to Timothy as his true son. There was a very significant relationship there. And as he writes, you can see that Paul wanted him to thrive and to succeed in his leadership. And I think that we can take some of these truths for ourselves today. So I want to take a walk through this passage and I want to pull some of those truths out. So in 1 Timothy 4, 12 to 16, it says this, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these things. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both your hearers both yourself and your hearers. So what's he saying? If we want to live like a leader, what are these truths? Well, let's walk through the scripture. It's pretty simple. The first one is seek God's approval, not man's. Seek God's approval, not man's. He starts with, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. You know, there was a time where I could relate to this. I started coming to the church at a young age and about 13 years ago in the life of Oceanside, I started serving as an elder. So in the life of our church community, I was serving as an elder. And in my workplace, my title started with senior. So I was a very young 20-year-old and the people that would refer to me as a senior and an elder. So 
I really didn't represent that necessarily in the natural, but I could relate. Maybe not so much anymore. My wife says that I'm officially not young anymore. When I get excited about a well-manicured lawn, she's giving me a hard time about that. So I'm no longer a young man, apparently. But he says, don't look, let anyone look down on you. So how does that relate to us? Well, can I say this? We need to stop fretting about what other people think. We need to live for God's approval, not man, because he is the only one that qualifies us. Jesus alone. There's a really cheesy picture in a story that I saw of two donkeys. And the one donkey turns to the other donkey and says, man, I don't know what's going on. The other day, Jesus was on my back. You know, when I was walking into town and people were throwing down things for me to walk on. And now people walk by me and they don't even care. And the other donkey turns to him and says, yeah, that's right. Without Jesus, you're nothing. And I think that's a reality for us, friends. Without Jesus, we're nothing. He's the one that qualifies us. He's the one that makes us significant. And we need to not look to man for their approval. We shouldn't be influenced by man's opinion and perception of us. We're never going to be enough on our own. We just aren't. We should settle that. But with Jesus, the word says that we have identity and we can be secure in that. Without Jesus, we're just a donkey, friends. And God can use donkeys, but with Jesus. We need Jesus. And the reality is, is that really, (laughs) for us, we're not going to please everyone. So we need to stop trying. We need to just focus on Jesus because he's the one that's going to qualify us. And he's the one that we want to please. In 1 Thessalonians 2, 4, it says, But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. Paul says it really frankly here in Galatians 1.10. He says, if I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. We're called to live for him and that our lives to be worshiped to him. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus. What's the next thing I see for us when I walk through the scripture? One, he says, set an example. Don't let anyone look down on you, right? Don't give them a reason to. Don't give them a reason to. Set an example. And don't get caught in arguments defending yourself or justifying yourself with words. Rather, we need to set an example. He says, set an example in what? He says, in speech in conduct, in life, in faith, and in purity. First one, in speech, what we say matters. What we say matters. In Proverbs eighteen twenty one, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Our words are powerful, friends. If we want to live like a leader, we need to mind our words because we have the power to speak life to those around us. In Matthew 12, 36, it says that we will give an account for every empty word that we have spoken. Now, that's a sobering scripture. We will give an account for every empty word. So words matter. So in speech, but words aren't enough. He says, and in conduct, it's not enough to just tell people what we believe. We need to show them how we live matters. It's do as I do, not just do as I say, right? For us as leaders, we have to model this. And it's all about 
in every area of our life, what we model should be something that people can follow, that people can look to as an example. And living like a leader is living a life that others want to follow. And it's in every area. He goes on, and I'm not going to unpack all of it, but he says in love and faith and impurity. What else do I see? The third thing I see is devote yourself to his word. If we want to live like a leader, we've got to devote ourselves to his word. You know, Paul tells Timothy this. He says, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and teaching. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm suggesting that you need to go stand on the corner somewhere and just read the scripture and yell at people and tell everybody. Now, what it does mean when we look at what the public reading of scripture is, it's helpful to see what what happened back then. Well, back then, first of all, not everybody could read. So the public reading of scripture was important because it's a way that people heard the word. And it was often a time where people would gather together and there was fellowship around the word. And it's, it's important for us to get the word in us. So today we all hopefully here can read or on that journey of reading, like the little ones that we saw outside today, but we can, we can read and, and there's value in us personally being found in the word And for us corporately, like we are today, gathering and hearing the word, whether it's like this or in a small group throughout the week, God does significant things for us when we get into his word and we need to be personally found in his word. In John 8, 31, it says this. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Disciples of Jesus live in God's word. We need to learn that word. When we learn that word, we automatically want to share that word. Leaders feed themselves. They don't wait to be fed. And as we get the word in us, it bubbles up inside of us and it wants out and we share it with others. I had a great chat with a young man last week and he determined over this last while to just make a point of getting before God and reading the word in the mornings. And he was so full of the word. When I started chatting with him, he was just bubbling over with passion for Jesus and passion for his kingdom. And it was amazing. And I've never seen that in this guy before. And man, it's amazing what God can do when we get the word in us. God wants to take his word and he wants to plant it deep inside each one of us so that it can grow and bear fruit in our lives. And leaders, leaders do that. They get the word in What else do I see? The fourth point for me, he says, do not neglect your gift. Now there's a lot here and we can skim over this, but I want to take a little bit of time and look at this. Do not neglect your gift. He says, do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. So first let's just talk about gift and this gift that he's referring to. You know, some people viewed this gift in Timothy's life as ministry or as preaching. The best description I can come up with when I see it is simply this, the Holy Spirit's enablement for ministry. The Holy Spirit's enablement for ministry. And what is ministry? Well, ministry is simply serving others to the glory of God. We're all called to ministry. And it's important to notice when we read this, that Paul takes time to remind Timothy about this gift and how this gift came. He says it, was, it came through prophecy, which means it was spoken by God. God was declaring something he was doing and going to do in Timothy's life. It started through the prophetic. It started as a word over Timothy's life. 
You see, prophecy for us is God's preferred future for us. It's God's preferred future for us. It isn't, isn't guarantee or a promise that it's going to happen, but it's God saying, I want to do this. And then we get to take that, grab a hold of it, make adjustments, and then become that prophetic word and live and walk out into what God has for us. But he reminds Timothy of that. And then you see that he reminds him that the gift was released through authority. It says that the elders of the church came around and prayed over him and they released this. Why am I highlighting that? Because it's important that we can clearly see, friends, that this gift wasn't something that Timothy earned. It wasn't something that came from man. It was God-given and God-ordained. Timothy didn't self-proclaim it. This is my gift. I'm going to be a minister. God declared it over his life. And it's amazing when we look at gifting because there's so many giftings in the body that God has. And he's gifted every one of us uniquely. And we're going to see a bit of that in a moment. But he says, don't neglect it. Don't neglect the gift. Don't neglect the gift. What does that mean? It means that we shouldn't make light of it. It means that we shouldn't be careless with it. It means that we shouldn't set it off to the side. And the thing for me in the context of this passage that I'm reading, when I consider Timothy being a young leader and maybe surrounded by people that are questioning his capacity, the thing I see is don't shrink back. Don't shrink back, Timothy. Maybe it's self-doubt, things that maybe we struggle with. Maybe it's you face insecurity. Maybe it's a questioning of your own ability. Maybe you feel overwhelmed. Maybe it's just something of you don't feel worthy to walk in whatever this gift is that God has for you. And if you're having these thoughts, we need to remember this, that we have zero credibility except that which we have in Jesus. So if we have these thoughts, that's fine. But whatever our gifting, whatever our calling, we need to make those thoughts come and bow before Jesus. Because with Jesus, God does amazing and incredible things. And you know what? In the natural, we probably should feel inadequate because that allows humility into our, into our lives. And that is a good thing. And left to our own devices, if it was on our own, we probably would stuff things up. But you know, it's amazing that that's not what God has called us to, to run on our own. God partners with us and he wants to work through us. And I think the key for us for understanding this of do not neglect the gift there's, an, there's a spurring on to go forward with the gift that God has called each one of us to. I think the key for us is in humility. In Romans 12, 3 to 8, it says this, For by the grace of God given me, I say to every one of you, do, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with faith, with the faith that God has distributed to you. For just as each of you or each of us have has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to the other. So God puts us together, and it says we have different gifts according with the grace God has given each of us. And it goes on, and He highlights some of these grace gifts. But whatever your gift is. The gift comes by God's grace. It's a gift. There should be no room for pride in our lives. There really shouldn't. 
And true humility is the key for us to walk this out. We need to be a humble people. And humble isn't thinking low of ourselves. Humility is walking in right standing with God, where we remain constantly dependent on his mercy and his grace. Humility is having an accurate understanding of who you are in God and who your identity is, and then living that out. Not just stopping there, not shrinking back, but living it out, walking it out. Don't neglect the gift. Don't shrink back. Live it out. Walk it out. You see, a humble person is not concerned about power, prestige, or position. A humble person just wants to walk in all of what God has for us. And that is what God requires of us. That's what he's asking of us. And if we want to live like a leader, we've got to be a humble people that are willing to step forward. So don't neglect the gift. That's for each one of us. The last thing I want to say is, the last point it says is this, is take responsibility and be diligent. How does Paul say it to Timothy? He says, be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearer. If you want to live like a leader, we've got to take this seriously. It isn't just something that we do on a Sunday. God has called us to live out all of what he has for us. And we need to own that because it's only us that give an account before God. You know, when we, when we get to heaven and we stand before God and, and he says, my son, my daughter, I called you, I created you, and I, I had intended all of this for you to walk in and to fulfill while you're here on earth. You know, when we stand before God and we, we hear that, our excuses seem pretty pathetic. And we have excuses. I have excuses. The things around us that say, well, you know, it just, I was too busy. Or my past disqualifies me. Or I was too young like Paul says to Timothy, whatever our reason, maybe it's a complaint about the church we're a part of. Maybe, maybe my church this or my church that. Friends, all of our excuses when we stand before the Father are not going to cut it and they're really not going to make sense when we're arguing with God. And we say, oh no, oh, I wanted to see all that. I wanted to walk it in it, but I was this or but my opinion that. And I just think that it's so easy for us to look at those things and we allow them to hold us back. Don't allow those things to hold us back from walking in all of what God has for us. I think one of the things that I've heard over the years often is how quickly point the finger at leaders because we know that guys, leadership, we're not perfect. We are imperfect people by the grace of God. He ordains people to lead in certain capacities. And I, I see people, whether it's in a workplace or whether it's our government even, or, or in the life of a church, we point our finger and we complain about leadership. And we say, you know what? I wasn't able to walk in all of what God has for me because they didn't really make space for me or because the leader this or the leader that. Friends, those excuses when we come before God are not gonna cut it. They just aren't. They just aren't. God still has called us to walk in the fullness of what he has for each one of us. And we've gotta be diligent in it. And I want to encourage you, be diligent. I want to invite the worship team back up. We're going to do some more worship here. I have to tell you that as I'm ministering this, that I'm not coming with a, 
a hard challenge. I'm not coming with, I'm modeling this. I would say that I, like you, am on a journey and I feel like God is looking at me saying, Paul, it's time to pull up your socks again. Because I think it's very easy for us. Oh, we've got a, we've got a happy honker. I think it's very easy for us. I think it's so easy for us to just get caught up in the busyness of life and just sort of, when he says don't neglect, just kind of set it off to the side. But I just felt such a challenge in this season, although a challenging season, God is looking for leaders. He's looking for men and women that'll respond, that'll stand up and say, yeah, I want to live like a leader. So I just, I feel like there's a response to this. And as, as we're going to go into some worship here, I want to say that if you're here today and you're hearing this and you're something inside you, your heart is going, man, God, you're talking to me. I want to respond. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're watching a replay of this. Wherever you are right now in this moment, I want to say that if you're hearing this word and, and you feel God is tugging on your heart to respond, then before God right now, I want to ask that you stand and I want to pray for you. So if that's you, wherever you're at, I want to ask you to stand. If you're here with us in person, if you're at home, stand. Don't worry about what people think around you. This is between you and the Father. This is between you and God. We're all leaders. We all have a responsibility and a call before God. And he's just looking for people that'll stand up and say yes. People that'll say, yes, God, I want what you have. I want to pray for you right now if that's you. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father that you don't choose us based on our abilities, that you don't choose us based on our charisma. God, you simply choose us based on our willingness to say yes to you and your purposes. God, as men and women are responding to you, as they're standing, you see them. God, you see their hearts. And Holy Spirit, right now, come and minister to them. Thank you, Father, that you're setting men and women apart to lead in whatever capacity it might be. And we ask your anointing on them, Father. Your anointing on them. Your anointing on them. Holy Spirit, come and minister to your people. Come and minister to your people. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father ask the worship team to lead us into some worship. Take some time. Let's, let's focus on Jesus. Don't worry about what's happening around you. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you and speak to you. He sees you standing wherever you are.